Welcome to Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. Each week, I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Let us sing this song for the dream. My home, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, benefited from two days' visit in December by Palestinian activist Iyat Bernat. He's one of the less than 2,000 people living in the West Bank village of Belain, harnessing the power of nonviolent resistance to the occupation and abuse of the Israeli government. And they've had some successes, which Iyad would tell us about. You may have heard or even seen something about the very creative and persistent work of the nonviolent resistors of Belain, including through the Sundance prize-winning film Five Broken Cameras. The latest resistance to Israeli occupation has continued at least weekly for the past eight years, and Ayat is a full-time activist uniting the adults and children of his village in nonviolent struggle. Not an obvious task when considering the provocations of the occupiers and the frustrated lives of the Palestinians. Fortunately, with persistent strategy and help from Israelis and other international supporters, Iyad Bernat and the other citizens of Belain have made real progress in their struggle. Fitting a visit with Northern Spirit Radio into Iyad's busy daily schedule was not obvious, but we agreed to meet while we lunched at a local coffee shop, officially known as the Dancing Goat Coffee House, affectionately known locally as The Goat. Fortunately for the shop, the goat was very busy during a Yad's mid-December visit, so unfortunately for you, there's lots of background noise to deal with. But before we speak to Yad, let's start off with a bit of music from Emma's Revolution. I've had Pat Humphreys and Sandy O oh as my guests over the last couple years, and we'll start off with one of their songs about reconciliation between all of the parties of the Middle East mess. It's called Peace, Salam, Shalom by Emma's Revolution. Peace, salam, shalom. 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 We believe in peace. 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 We will work for peace. We will work for peace. 
a gem by Emma's Revolution, Peace, Salam, Shalom, some musical intro to talking with Iyad Bernat about nonviolent resistance in the West Bank village, Belayin. I take you now to the Hoppin Goat Coffee House to talk with Iyad. Iyad, welcome to Spirit in Action. Hi. So you're about a month into your three-month trip through the U.S. Give our listeners a little bit of the background of what's going on there, your village, and the kind of protests, how long they've been going, that kind of thing. Yes, you know, about uh, Palestine, we are now uh, 65 years under the occupation. The Israeli occupation continued to confiscate the Palestinian land and to build the new colonies in their lands especially after 1967 in West Bank and that's the area where we live as a farmers. So from 1990 they started to confiscate our land in the village and it's a small village that where I live. It's uh, 1,900 people live in this village, most of them are farmers. And when the Israelis came to confiscate the land, they said between the first and the beginning, it's for security reasons, sometimes a closed military area. And after a while, they start to build new colonies in this area. By this confiscated, they destroyed the life of the farmers. You know, they destroyed a lot of olive trees that's in the area. And uh, the olive trees is uh, the life of the farmers there. So we started our non-violent struggle when they start to build the apartheid wall in our area and destroyed the land. So since eight years now, we have weekly demonstrations against the Israeli's apartheid wall and against the colonies in that area. I think you just referred to it as the apartheid wall, which I I know that phrase was the first time it came to my attention is when Jimmy Carter used it, that what's being done with Palestinians is apartheid. You grew up in that village the whole time. Have you always lived in that village? Uh, You've traveled a fair amount, too. Yes, I born in that village, and also my father, my grandfather, so I find myself uh, born there. I am 39 years now, and all my life under the occupation, all my life in resistance against the occupation and this apartheid wall and... So, as you mentioned, Jimmy Carter, that's, uh, he's also visited our village in 2008-2009. And he's also said that this is apartheid wall and this is a legal settlement that they build it on our land. And also it's apartheid wall, yes. If you talk about peace and uh, freedom and justice and equality and these words, that's uh, the apartheid wall is kill all these words. It's killed the peace, it's killed the quality between the people, it's killed the justice, the freedom. So this is the apartheid wall, that's they build it between us and between our land, between us and between our friends, our people, in uh, the next side of the world. Could you talk a little bit about who participates in your weekly demonstrations? I understand that there's internationals there as well, of course, local folks and also Israelis, that it's a mixture of people. What kind of mixture is it usually? Yes, since eight years now, we have every week our nonviolent demonstration and also we have other demonstrations, other ideas in the middle of the week. We have a lot of international solidarity movement who participate with us every week in our demonstration. We have also groups from international groups who comes to our village and in other days, for example, or in Friday, to know about our struggle. We have Israelis activists also who participate every week 
in our demonstration and now just not just in Bilain now we have uh, 20 places that do the same of Bilain weekly demonstration and in each place we have international and we have Israelis activists who participate in these non-violent demonstrations. What kind of percentage? Is it mostly people from the village? Is it a lot of international? Does that vary from week to week? It's not the same. Sometimes we have our uh, demonstration, 4,000 people. Yes, sometimes we have when we have a big demonstration and invite more people to come to participate, we have three to 4,000 people participate. But sometimes in the weekly, normal weekly demonstration, we have between 150, 200, 300 people. And every week we have international and Israeli activists participate in this demonstration. But the most people is a Palestinian, of course, that's who's from the village, the farmers from other villages who participate with us in our demonstration. I think that the soldiers that you have to face down during these demonstrations, they usually come and try and close down your demonstrations, is what I understand. They're all Israelis. You do have a number of Israelis who participate in your demonstrations? Yes, we have, uh, for example, in Belain, we started in uh, 2004, December. It was about 8 to 10 Israeli activists who participate with us. But uh, after one year, when we call for a big demonstration, we have 400 to 500 Israelis who was being in this demonstration. And also the Israeli activists now, they also in many villages, they send in each village a group to participate every week. So we have a number of them that participate in many places now. But you know, and it's still a small number for the Israeli population. So it's, we try to many times to send message to also to the Israelis people that to have our people who participate with us is grow and to know what's happened in our village and in other areas. That to know that the Palestinian we can live in peace together. We can have one democratic state that's Israelis and Palestinian together. Quality states have the freedom, the justice. So this is uh, what we call every time, and we send our message to the Israeli people that we can live in peace. So just to be clear, and I think I've heard you say this, so I, I want to just make it in very clear words. The objective is not to get rid of Israel. The objective is to live peacefully alongside, respectfully, and with justice alongside each one another. Yes, uh, for, uh, for sure. We are not against the Jewish in the world. We are against the occupation, and we want our goal to have our freedom like everybody in the world. And this is our right to have our freedom uh, like uh, all of the people. Our message to Israeli people that we can live in peace and it's the holy land that's for everybody. You mentioned, I think, that these demonstrations happen on Friday. I'm curious as to the choice of Friday. I think for Muslims that Friday is usually a holy day. Of course, with sundown, for Jews it starts as a holy day. So why the choice of Friday? Friday, we have in our demonstration, we need a lot of people to participate because it's a non-violent way, it's a grassroots resistance, so everybody can participate in this demonstration. So on a Friday, it's a yes for the Palestinian holiday, and you find a lot of people didn't work and can join you in this demonstration. If you want to do it in Monday or Tuesday, so it's you didn't have people because... Uh, They're all at work. Yeah, and we didn't want to make also the life hard for the people. That's to... Uh, didn't let him go to work. 
So Friday is everybody didn't work, so they can join and participate in these demonstrations. And also for the Israelis, it's more easy, and the international also, who comes and participate in this demonstration, it's easy to, for them to come and participate in Friday. Of the Palestinians who live there, what is the religious mix? What percentage are Muslim or possibly Jewish? I don't know if there are any Jews who live in your village. Uh, Christians and uh, non-religious people. No, in our village, it's uh, all of the people is uh, Muslims in Belayin. But we have also other villages doing the same and participate with us. Uh, we have a lot of uh, Christian people who comes and uh, participate with us in other villages, like Ain Arik village, it's half and half a Christian and Muslim, like uh, Aboud village, it's also half and half uh, Christian and Muslim. So we have good contact with them, and they comes and participate with us in our actions. But all the people in uh, Bilain is uh, Muslims. And the international participants, where do they come from? Uh, how important is their witness being there? I think when you have international eyes upon you, it makes a difference. I think Israelis, I think they're very careful to be good when the cameras are looking. Yes, it's for sure. It will be different when we have uh, Israelis activists or international activists in our demonstrations because they scared the Israelis army to uh, do a lot of violence against the Palestinians. The, every time we have a violent in the demonstration against uh, everybody, but it's less, more or less for the violent from the Israeli soldiers. So it's very important to have international solidarity movement that participate with us every Friday with their cameras. And also the international is our messengers outside. So when they came and saw what happened in the ground, they go back and they tell their friends, their families, their people what's happened on the ground. It's also against the Israeli propaganda that's always told the people the wrong things that's happened. So this is our messengers outside. So the international coming from all of the world. Every week we have a new people who's coming. So it's different between uh, before five years and now. Before five years, the people didn't know a lot about Palestine and about the walls and the occupation and this. But now we have a lot of people who start to know and the international committee is grow and grow about uh, Palestine. I'm also interested in why you choose to do nonviolent witness. Certainly there's got to be a temptation when people are hitting you. When they're shooting rubber bullets, they're using tear gas. There must be a tendency to want to hit back. But for some reason you've chosen nonviolence. Is that a spiritual, theological reason? Is it just practical? Where did you learn your nonviolent ideas? I think it's uh, the history of the Palestinian people that they use the nonviolent struggle. It not uh, started in Belain village. If you go back in 1936, that's the Palestinian have a big intifada against the British occupation. It was six months and nonviolent way, hungry strike, and in the streets demonstrations and this. And also if you go back to 1987, that's the first intifada also, it was a popular intifada and it was a non-violent way. So it was every time, in before Belayin also, it was a lot of villages doing the same demonstrations as a non-violent way. And, but what we do in Belayin, that it was the creative ideas that we use, you know, it's a new thing for the media. So by these creative ideas that to, to put ourselves, for example, in cage in front of the bulldozers, to type ourselves in the olive trees, to put ourselves in cages, in, in cylinders, in barrels, and uh, like these things, to fight by our, our body, 
that's to make wall on our body. This is things that creative ideas that we was use. It's push the media to talk about these things more and more than other uh, places. We have a committee and we was decided every week that's what we go to do the next week. And we have these uh, ideas when they started to destroy the olive trees. We take a decision to type ourselves in these olive trees. So it's started from now and from here and every week we had a meeting and we decided what to do the next uh, Friday or next uh, other days. And especially this uh, creative idea, it was uh, in other days, not in Friday, it was in middle of the week or in Sunday or in other days. That's because it was at early morning, the idea is to stop the bulldozers on the ground. So we had it in early morning before the bulldozers come to work. And also in these ideas, we invite a lot of international media and Israelis media, Palestinian media. So all the media was invited to show the new thing that we do in Belain. I still am wondering, though, what the origins of this is. You say it goes way back to 1938, the British occupation, that already you're using nonviolent methods. I guess Gandhi was contemporary at that time, so he might have been inspirational. I think of the civil rights movement in the United States, Martin Luther King Jr., and other folks who used a whole lot of nonviolent techniques. Now, for Gandhi, Satyagraha, Soul Force, it's a spiritual principle that he started from. I think Martin Luther King combined that with what Jesus said. When you talk about the roots of the ideas, why it's important, what do people agree on that it's important in your village, Belain? Yes, because we believe that the nonviolent way is more power than other ways. Everybody can participate with you in these demonstrations, women, children, men, everybody, international Israelis activists, the media also. Also, we believe that the nonviolent way is succeed more quickly than other ways, and you can send your message more quickly to many people in the world. And on the other side, you didn't lose a lot from your people. You know, yes, they used a the, the lot of violence against us. They killed two of our friends in my village in eight years. In eight years, we have a lot of people who was injured. They use against us many kinds of weapons. But if we go to other way, for example, in, in Gaza, they killed 1,500 people in 2009 in, in uh, 21 days. They demolished more than 1,000 houses in 21 days. Yeah, 3,000 houses and two and uh, yes for 400,000 it was in uh, the last one in November yeah 2012 and they kill 150 people in one week you know so it's uh, if you uh, it's a uh, different between what the Israelis use against you in the non-violent demonstration and what they use against the violent way also in non-violent way you can break the legs of the occupation so the occupation stands in three legs, strong legs. First is the military, the army. That you can break the army by this way, by the people. They cannot use against you the planes or the rockets or the uh, any kinds, a big kinds of the weapons. And they need a lot of soldiers, group of soldiers, to stop you. You know, so it's cost the Israelis government a lot. They lost also sometimes more than you. By the economy, and also the another leg is economy. 
of the Israelis. So you can fight the economy of the Israelis by the BDS, by boycott, to ask your friends to, to, to have this in your uh, country, to ask all the friends outside to start the boycott, and it's easy for the people to join in you in this struggle. The third link is the media, and it's the strongest one now in the world. That's the people fighting by media. And also the Israelis fight us by their propaganda in the world. So by this way, we can send our message quickly to the people. We can go outside and speak against the Israelis' propaganda. So we believe in this way that we succeed soon, and we also we have hope every time to have our succeed. And we succeed in Balain that we remove the wall back 500 meters, for example. It was a small succeed for the small village. We succeed to stop the settlement, to build more houses of the settlement. We succeed to spread uh, our message to many people in the world. We have a lot of uh, people who visit Belayin and talk about uh, the non-violent struggle. So it's, in short time, it's a big succeed for a small village. And so the success that you had there with the wall being moved back by 500 meters or the 2,000 apartments not built, the settlements that were not taking your land... How was that decision reached? Was that both of those from the Israeli Supreme Court? Did they all come from the court system in Israel, or are there other ways? Yes. So first is the demonstration and the action in Friday or in other days. Second is the law, to going the, against the court by their law. So we have Israeli lawyers that's working with us to go against the wall and against the settlements and against everything by the court, by the Israeli court. But what's happened? It's many villages go to the court by Israeli lawyers without demonstrations. They didn't succeed. So the important thing that's to have the demonstration, the actions every week to put pressure in the Israeli court to have this decision. So after two and a half years from our struggle in Belayin, we succeed to have a decision from the Israeli's high court that's to remove the wall back 500 meters. And it's the same court that say that take a decision to build the, the wall and they say this is security wall, you know. So after two and a half years, they said this is not security wall, we can move it 500 meters. So it succeed for the non-violent struggle in Belayin because they had a lot of pressure from outside, from the people, from the newspapers, from the media, from the people in uh, on the ground that have to move this away. The settlement uh, that they built it on our land, it's called Metityahu Mizrah in Hebrew, Metityahu East, that's illegal by the international law and also illegal by the Israelis law. That they have a permission from the court to build 1,600 apartments in this settlement, and also it's illegal. But what the companies there, the companies and the mayor of Mudayin Elite, that's the big settlement there, and the army, they change the permission. They take a decision between themselves to build 3,600 apartments in front of 1,600. So it's changed the decision from the court. It's become illegal by the Israeli court. So we know that after we know that that they change it and they have more 2,000 apartments. They want to build it on our land also, close to the village. So we started to fight against the settlement. So we going and we put caravan in our land near the settlement. The soldiers came and they take it and the other caravan in other night. We put ourselves in this caravan and they came and take this caravan also. 
But we ask why you take our caravan and you let the settlers to build houses without permission. So it was the answer from the Israeli officers that this is other system, that this is cement and windows and ceiling and doors, so we need a permission from the court to demolish it. He's talking about the settlement now. So what we do, we, in other night, we bring our cement and we build a room with the same system near the settlement. And, you know, when the soldiers came, they find our room. We built it in three hours at night. It was uh, very sad, the soldiers, very crazy. But they cannot also demolish it. They need a permission from the court. <laughs> you know? So we built, we tried to put our house. Smart ideas, yes. Yes. Clever ideas, yes. Yes, after this we build more uh, two and three rooms in our uh, land. But, you know, after uh, June 2011, they demolished the wall and they move it, five, they build a new wall in, uh, in after 500 meters from our land. So they have also a decision to demolish our rooms in that area. So they demolish that, the one they, uh, that uh, we built it in 2006, but we built another uh, rooms after this. So it's need time to demolish it by the decision from the court. What are your relationships like with the soldiers? Antagonistic, friendly? I mean, these are, for the most part, young Israeli people who are constricted into the army. How do they react to you? Is it, can you have friendships? Can you communicate well? I think we had many times, if you saw in the movie or if you saw the video, that we had many times uh, tried to spoke with the soldiers. So why you are here, this is our land, and many people, you, we understand Hebrew and also they understand Arabic, they can speak in Arabic, the soldiers, and we can speak in Hebrew, so we try to talk with them many times, that's uh, why you use the violence against us, why you are in our land, we can work together, we can, but you know, and the soldiers didn't understand that. They have just a decision from their leaders how to break the people, how to shoot the people, how to beat the people. This is what they know. They didn't talk with the people. They didn't understand anything. They just want to let the people go back. They didn't have a march. They didn't have a demonstration. This is what they know. And also the people, the population of the Israelis, they have the same or close area. They didn't let him to go to West Bank. Also, the, the activists sometimes, they, they put for them uh, checkpoints to didn't let them to come to our demonstrations, you know. But they came from the hills and from uh, the fields. But also the media inside of Israel, and they closed them, uh, didn't want them to talk with the Palestinians. It's be hard for the people to understand inside. And we cannot go there also. So it's like, you know, apartheid. We didn't want you to talk with our people, and the people cannot come to West Bank or to talk with the Palestinians, the Israelis people. But also we have a small group of youngest people who refused to go to army, and they came participate with us in our demonstration. And also we have uh, other group, and uh, they was in the army, and uh, they didn't go more to the army. They, they also, deserted from yeah, the army? Yeah. Yes. It's a small group, and uh, we have contact with them, and they can participate in our demonstration or uh, to meet us or to be a part of our action against the occupation. So are, are they all part of Break the Silence, that, that movement? Yes, it's, uh, they call it Break the Silence, yeah. 
You're listening to Spirit in Action. This is Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and you can listen to us and download all seven and a half years of our programs on the web. Also find links to our guests and leave comments. We talk to you, so please talk to us. There's also a donate button on northernspiritradio.org, or you can look for the address to mail donations too. Your support makes this kind of positive, deep, and persistent programming possible. Also consider supporting your local community radio station. They run economically, but definitely still need and deserve your donations. On Spirit in Action today, we're speaking with Palestinian activist Eyad Bernat, one of the nonviolent leaders of his village, Belein, in the West Bank. And we're speaking to him in a busy and noisy shop called the Goat Coffee House on Water Street in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Before we head back into the din of the Goat Coffee House for a further visit with Eyat Bernat, let's share another song, this time by another of my Spirit in Action guests, musician John McCutcheon unfortunately applicable to continuing generations of Palestinians as well as many more people. John's song, We Know War. We know war A hundred years it haunts our homes We know war The generations left alone The wombs forever wanting The burdens we all bore empty chair at supper the chaplain at the door we know war death falling from the sky like rain we know war in the sirens wail again the blackouts and the blitzkrieg as we huddled on the floor children trembling in the shelter midst the unrelenting roar we know Crosses in the field, the endless longing that cannot be concealed. The history shows what lays in store. Oh, we know war by the blood in every speech. We know war in the poison that they preach. The young ones seeing horrors. They've never known before The scars that never heal in hearts Where hatred keeps the score We know war The armies rolling through the street We know war We are the ones who taste defeat The endless occupation And the searches door to door The fear that stalks the night Till you can't take any more, we know When the battle's over Victors count the cost, cold calculation What is won and what is lost The survivor's song will be forevermore
so much the same. We know war. No longer will we add our name to the killing and the dying. We have known too much before. When we pray for patience, and you ask of us, what for? Because we know war. John McCutcheon, we know war. Now back to the Goat Coffee House and our guest, Iyat Bernat. In talking about the eight years that you've been involved, Iyat, can you say how many times you've been arrested and how many times you've been jailed? How old were you when the first time you got jailed? It was in the first intifada, 1992. I was 17 years old. That's the first time I've been in jail for two years. I spent two years in the Nakab jail in the desert. Since eight years in our non-violent struggle in Belain, that's I've been arrested many times. It's uh, for uh, one week, two weeks, for 24 hours sometimes, that just to keep us away from uh, our village and from our non-violent struggle, because they you know this way is affected the Israeli's army. I have been many times injured in the demonstrations by the rubber coat steel bullet, by the tear gas canister. Also, many times I've been beaten by a lot of group of soldiers. They was beating me, and uh, once I was in hospital after this beating from uh, seven soldiers in the same time. So yes, it's a very hard life, and but uh, we keep always our hope to continue our struggle to have our freedom. Where do you draw your inspiration from? I take it that not all of the 1900 people in the village go to prison, but maybe I'm wrong. Is is this most of the adults at one time or another go to jail, are beaten and so on, or are you perhaps a little bit more motivated than the average? They want to put pressure on the committee and the leaders in the village. So more the pressure comes against the popular committee in the beginning. But also all the villages lost. All the families in the village is lost. We have also uh, 150 was has been in jail for a long time, between four months to 18 months sometimes. We have a lot of them, has, or all of them have to pay to the court money, between two to 15,000 shekels sometimes. All the village, they want to break all the village. At night time, when they raid the village, also they raid a lot of houses in the same night. And also most of the people that they have been arrested is children. 13, 14, 15 years old. This is also uh, some ways to break us and to keep us didn't go to our demonstration. One of the reasons I do this program, Spirit in Action, is to find people who are making a difference in the world and to try and understand fully what motivates them so that we can share that with other people so that together we can draw on that power to change the world. So I'm still wondering, I'm not sure I still understand, for you, what makes this something that you're giving so much of your life, so much of your energy to? You're protecting your village, I do understand that, but somehow you're protecting your village with more of your vital energy than others. What's the inspiration? I told you, believe in this way, that's more strong and more, more power than anyways. And because we have hope to have our freedom. I think maybe you'd be happy to not have to be a nonviolent demonstrator if you could go and have your job, be there with your kids all of the time. I think you'd be happy to have this end so you didn't have to be an activist. 
look, we didn't like to be in demonstrations every week or non-violent or violent or this is not our goal to have the demonstration. Our goal to have our freedom. And this is the way to have our freedom is the non-violent demonstration. All the Palestinian people that's suffering every day. So there is no other way that they have to resist. They have to send their message to the, all the people in the world to put pressure on their government, to put pressure on Israel's government to end the occupation. If you had your choice and you weren't having to fight for your freedom, fight for your land, protect the olive trees of your area, what would you be doing? What work would you be doing? What have you trained for? What have you hoped to do? Or maybe you actually do it except one day a week. I am uh, full-time of this struggle, and sometimes we didn't sleep at night because of the raid of the soldiers. But if I have my country, if I have my freedom, I didn't care what to work. I can work everything, do everything in my life if I have my freedom. Construction, farming, uh, I am a, a writer? I am a farmer. My family is a farmer before me, and yes, I like to be a farmer. So it's... Uh, We hope that we have our freedom and we will talk about this more. (laughs) I do hope to be able to interview you when you have your freedom so (laughs) I can hear all of the good things happening for you and your children. This is a very interesting, I'd say distressing actually, part of the Israelis technique in fighting you is the jailing or the rousting of children in the middle of the night. Is that because children are a big part of your demonstrations or do they go after the children for some other reason that they've communicated to you? Yes, I told you that from the beginning they know that this way is affected the Israeli's arm. So they, they want to stop this way by any ways to beat the people in the demonstration to uh, arrested people, to shoot people, to come at night time, to arrest children. This was how they want to break us and to stop us. But uh, they, they didn't succeed to stop us because we continue. And sometimes they try to change our demonstrations to violent way, you know. They so, try to provoke violence on your part? Yes, they, many times they send special forces, undercover soldiers, work like our clothes and join the demonstration. And it was in the big demonstrations also when we have a lot of media, a lot of famous people, a lot of international Israeli activists. So they want to change our demonstration to show to the people that this is non-violent, not a non-violent demonstration, this is a violent. So they send soldiers in our demonstration undercover to throw stones to the soldiers. So this was happened many times. But because we have our strategy to do the non-violent demonstration, Every time, we know that nobody can throw stones in our demonstration because we go in this way. We know them that they are special forces undercover. So when they start to throw stones to the soldiers, we told him, stop, sorry, we didn't throw stones in our demonstration. So they didn't hear for us. And all the people who's come to join us, they are under the, cover, the, the umbrella of the popular committee. So everybody have to hear what we're doing. So they didn't hear us, they continued to throw stones. So when we go to them and tell them, go back, please, we didn't you to participate with us in our demonstration, they take the guns and start to shoot, and they arrested two of us. So this, and it's not just in Belain village, they use the special forces in many places now. They want to change the non-violent demonstration to violent. They want to change everything to, there's a propaganda.
For example, the last time when it uh, was murdered in Gaza, you know, the man they was killed him, Ahmed al-Jabari, he was in negotiation with the Israelis before two days, you know, and many times he was in negotiation with them. So they came and killed him, and they know that after kill him, they will be rockets. They know that. But what they're doing, they want to push the Palestinian every time to use the violence. They want to provoke the violence, yes. yes. And it's happened every time before the Israeli's election in Gaza. Do you remember in 2008, it was before the election, they killed 1,500 Palestinians. Now, before the elections, they also attack Gaza. So they try many times and every time to push the Palestinian and to do there is propaganda in the war. You mentioned when you were speaking at the school here that you have four children and they're on the young end, that they're younger, that 14 years old and younger, I think, is the age of your children. Yes. Are they allowed to participate in demonstrations, or is it enough that their father gets arrested all the time? No, they always participate with me in the demonstration, because, you know, to participate in the demonstration, or uh, they saw the violence at night time, in the school, uh, everywhere. We have the Israelis in the village, the Israelis army. So they saw the violence every time. So we teach him how to participate in non-violent demonstration. Every time we teach him, we take him with us. I have four children, 14, 12, 10, and 8 years old. The big one, he was injured also in the demonstration. When they attacked my home, they was scared them and they afraid from the soldiers. So because this, many times I tried to take him to the, to the demonstration to break the afraid of them, to break the scare of these children, of my children. So, yes, it's, uh, in our way, everybody can participate and be with us. One thing that I wondered about is how do you train the people to not be violent? I mean, I'm sure there must be young hotheads there who want to react with violence. I thought when you had the agent provocateur there, the Israeli undercover, the ones who are throwing stones, I wonder if everybody sits down and points at them and saying, they're being violent to not participate. No, for sure. We have uh, many times the children, for example, they try to take their angry outside. They take uh, stones, try to throw to the soldiers, or when they have their friends being injured or killed. or So, you know, you cannot catch the anger of the children. So sometimes they use it. But we teach them every time that the soldiers like this. They want us to use this. How do you teach them that? Is this at school? Is this no, organization or just right before you have a demonstration? How do you do sometimes that? Sometimes when we have a demonstration, we go to the children who throw stones, we catch him one by one and to teach them how we, how we use our nonviolent way and why. And, you know, if you throw a stone that you help the soldiers to shit us, you know, and to you give reason to the soldiers to attack our nonviolent demonstration, to attack our media, to attack everything. So the children we understand that and they continue to be with us but also they take care to didn't throw stones in the next time but you know it's many times it's uh, you deal with the people not with the group of the soldiers to tell him go from here and they go you have many ideas uh, many people participate with you many ages of children so it's very hard to deal with the people that you have to work 24 hours for them to teach them and to learn them the nonviolent stuff. 
but you've been pretty successful. Yes, of course, we succeed to have. For example, we have our group, a children group, that we teach him how to take photos in the demonstration, not to throw stones. In the beginning, that's uh, some children they like to throw stones because they want to have their anger outside. So we teach him to throw eggs. Eggs? Yes. For <laughs> example, it's not a stone, but you can throw eggs in the beginning. So eggs or water or something like this, or uh, we have uh, sometimes we put in balloons sheet water. Sheet water. Yeah, the, uh, that's a balloons. Oh, balloon. A water balloon. <laughs> yeah, balloon. A balloon filled with water. Not water. We put the. Uh, Oh, the chicken. Inside. Oh, the chicken. <laughs> yeah. Chicken crap. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we teach the children that you didn't have a throw stone. You can throw this one. It didn't kill anybody or injure anybody. But it's make himself a very bad smell. <laughs> so he will like the idea, you know. So step by step, you can teach the children, the people, how to use the nonviolent tool. <laughs> I can see that there's a lot of creativity and cleverness there. Is there one of the demonstrations, one of the techniques that you used that was the most fun for you, that you enjoyed the most? Yes, and uh, we like our people to join us in fun things like uh, uh, Avatar movie. The Avatar, yeah. yeah. We make the people in the Belayin village like Avatar people, and we go to the. You world. got them all green. Yes, and, and we the get nose and the eyes, eyes yeah, ears. Yes, and this was very successful uh, demonstration. The soldiers saw the people of Avatar coming to the wall. They didn't know what to do. So it's <laughs> you know it's, uh, and also the people in Belain was happy to do Avatar movie on the uh, next side of the wall. So yes, many creative ideas that push the media also to come and to see. Well. I thank you so much, Iyad, for your creativity, for your dedication to this. Is there any last message that you want to leave for the American people, for the listeners to this program? I think uh, I am here because this to send message to American people that there are the important people. I think that have to know our message from Palestine. First, all the Palestinian people that believe that America is part of the occupation, because there is money, there is weapons. There is support, political support of the Israeli occupation. So we have every year three and a half billion dollars sent to Israeli's army, and it goes to the weapons that kill our friends and our people by these weapons. And this have to American people to know about this, and also the weapons that they use against us in the demonstration. It's made in the United States, and the one it's kill our friend Basim Abu Rahma. It's made in the United States. Many of the kinds that kill our friends in many demonstration, yeah. in non-violent demonstration. So we hope that the American people can stop this, to put the pressure on their government to stop this aid to Israeli occupation. I told you we are not against the Jewish. They can support the Jewish people. They can send their money to human rights or to peace things, to food, everything. They can. But our problem is that they send the money to the Israeli's army. And they know that's where is this money goes. I've been very sad if I see my child kill. They kill him by weapons made in the United States. And also all my friends that have their children was killed, their friends was killed by the same weapons. So we ask our people in the United States that 
to put the pressure in the government to stop these weapons to kill us. Well, again, yeah, it's so good for you to come and travel and bring first-hand witness to all of us. And I thank you so much for taking the time away from your four children. I know that's not easy. I appreciate so much that you joined me, too, for Spirit in Action. Yes, it's very hard to leave my family for three months, but uh, it's very important to be here and to talk with the people who didn't know about our struggle and about our suffering. So I hope I have soon a good future for my children also. And this comes before I I am here and uh, I've been many times in Europe speaking outside many times to send my message and to tell more people know about our struggle. Thank you so much. Shukran. Have fun. Follow links from NorganSpiritRadio.org to track down Eyad Bernat and the work of the citizens of the village of Belain. Also a link to the award-winning Sundance movie Five Broken Cameras. We'll close out today's Spirit in Action with musical commentary about the weapons the U.S. provides in the occupation of the Palestinians, exactly as David Rovix, also an earlier Northern Spirit Radio guest, puts it, Who would Jesus bomb? We'll see you next week for Spirit in Action. I've seen you in the markets, I've seen you in the streets, and at your political conventions. Talking of your crusade, talking of your nation, and other things too terrible to mention. And you proclaim your Christianity, you proclaim your love of God, you talk of apple pie and mine. I've just got one question, and I want an answer, tell me, who would Jesus bomb? Jesus would bomb the Syrians Cause they're not Jews like him Maybe Jesus would bomb the Afghans On some kind of vengeful whim Maybe Jesus would drive an M1 tank And he would shoot Saddam Who would Jesus bomb? Yes, I've seen you on the TV and on the battleships. I've seen you in the house upon the hill. And I've heard you talking about making the world safer and about all the men you have to kill. And you speak so glibly about your civilization and how you have the moral higher ground. While halfway around the world, your explosives smash the buildings. If you could only hear the sound. But maybe Jesus would sell landmines And turn on his electric chair Maybe Jesus would show no compassion For his enemies in the lands way over there Maybe Jesus would have flown the planes That killed the kids in Vietnam Who would Jesus bomb? I hear you shout with confidence as you praise the Lord And you talk about this God you know so well You talk of Armageddon and your final victory When all the evil forces go to hell 
Well, you'd best hope you've chosen wisely on the right side of the Lord. And when you die, your conscience, it is clear. You'd best hope your atom bombs are better than the sword. And the time when your reckoning is here. Because I don't think Jesus would send gunships into Bethlehem or jets to raise the towns of Chimeries. I don't think Jesus would lend money to dictators or drive those SUVs. I don't think Jesus would ever have dropped a single ounce of napalm. Who would Jesus bomb? Jesus bond Who would Jesus bond The theme music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice, with every